Welcome, everyone. I'm Jennifer Hadley, and I am so grateful to be able to introduce Venerable Dahani Oahu. Venerable speaks directly from her heart, offering pure wisdom teachings of direct insight and practical application in the tradition of Cherokee and Woodland View and Tibetan Buddhism. These are the mother and father streams that energize Venerable and are the foundation of all that she shares. Thank you, Venerable. Well, thank you so much, Jennifer, and hello to each of you who are on the line in real time and also to those who will listen later. In this moment, we meet in the heart of clear awareness, understanding that resonance is a fine-tuning. And what are we tuning to? To the seed of wisdom within. May the wisdom potential within each being flourish and grow and become ever more skillful activities, transforming what appears as confusion, delusion, revealing the wisdom and skill to live an awakened, compassionate, authentic life. So today's Conversation is about generating resonant circles of cooperation. And there is an a priori understanding that we are all relatives in a field of awareness, understanding, a field of mind, a field of love. And where we place our attention, we may see more clearly the potential of kindness, accomplishment, and so we look first at the circles that are closest to us. Of course, that is your heart's direct perception, the dreams you carry within, your aspirations. Many are on this call we've met because we acknowledge that we are exploring the dance of life, and also we wish to ameliorate the experiences that go often in life of suffering and confusion. And so the first step and the first tune that we resonate with is that ideal of awakened mind, that gem of wisdom, that seed within our hearts from which we are ultimately inseparable. And so how do we recognize that tune? How do we retune to the awareness of that wisdom. With appreciation, we think of those who have been kind and even those who have not been, and what we've learned in the process. Most wisely, we also consider those beings who have been our parents and those people who are in our family, our circle of associations. In a sense, you are in a similar tune, a similar key of music that is exploring the vast sound of the universe. So through the sound of our heart, we found our families. Even if it appears that there is difficulty with one's own family, there is also the key of harmonic resolution when we recall we've invited ourselves to meet and we place our attention on those moments of clarity, joy, and understanding. 
the ah, the aha moment. So resonating with the key of life is also acknowledging how one is sustained through the interdependent relationship of one's own body-mind, words and actions, and those people who are close by. So you might say the first circle with which we want to generate a resonant song of compassion and cooperation are our family and those who are close to us, our friends, and also our co-workers. We imagine that from the heart's direct awareness, there are ripples going out and ripples coming in. And that's a dynamic conversation of your mind, your speech, with the energy of the universe. This divine conversation is the echo of your voice and your thought. And so the first step is to pacify any inner conflict. So how do you know if there is inner conflict standing in the way of the resonance of joyful accomplishment? Well, when it is difficult to find peace with family and friends, when it appears difficult to get something done, it means there is another option opening to you, another key in the song of life inviting you to speak in a way that brings forth harmonious resolution. So when we think of the first circle, family, heart resonance, we energize those moments of joy, understanding, and also with the wisdom eye, we contemplate what is the ideal we wish to accomplish together. In a sense, a fine teacher, a good friend, listens through the heart of awareness as an ongoing conversation and sees the potential arising from the words. So the aspiration to live in harmony, to accomplish something joyful, becomes a vision that is carried in the wisdom eye. The aspiration, the seed of nurturing that wisdom, is also the recognition you are not separate from that wisdom state. So then pacifying is seeing the dissonance of like or dislike or confused states as actually music moving into another key. So there is nothing to run from, nothing to fear, just the recognition that what appears as dissonance with the guidance of speech and vision, we can bring it to a harmonious resolution. Just like in music, when there is the changing of the key, there is an experience of dissonance, and that dissonance then resolves into another key. We can think of another key as the fifth star above our head or the 
recognition that there is a, a group mind, a planetary mind, and in your heart holding the understanding that, yes, we are living together, we are dreaming this together, and yes, I choose to energize what is wisdom and life force enhancing, becomes the, the keynote that carries oneself and others into more cooperative and uh, powerfully generative action. So what is pacifying? It is to see that when there is dissonance or conflict in your experience, your view, your situation, consider that it is energy moving towards its awakened state. And so, what do you see as your awakened state? When there is conflict, the transformation is of resolution. First, you may call upon reconciliation. You reconcile the differences between yourself and another as expressions of one light, one song, and you energize that which you choose to accomplish. So in the very center of the moment, there are the answers and the means. And how do you access that answer? By remembering that you are relatives and that what you see is also covered by the lens of your thinking. So wipe from the eyes the idea of them. Wipe from the eyes and the heart the concept of victim and energize the vision of that awakened being you aspire to. Well, how do we do this? Sometimes we think like a cartoon character. There was a show called Avatar who moved uh, the elements, and there is the idea of becoming an awakened being like Wonder Woman. This awakened being is actually a seed within, and we begin to nurture it with sweet waters of forgiveness. Those sweet waters carry the ultimate tone those sweet waters reveal the voice of creation. What does it mean, ultimate tone? It means the petal point from deep in space that gives rise to the forms that we see in our lives in uh, conjunction or in uh, cooperation with our mind, speech, and action. So, Conjunction can be the experience of conflict because of thinking self-separate from the universe, or cooperation may be understanding the waves of potential and choosing to float on a wave that brings joy, a wave that acknowledges, a wave that reaches the shore. So. When you think of a beautiful, clear lake, this clear lake reflecting the open sky can be 
a simile of our heart's natural awareness of openness. And then there are winds that move upon the lake. There are winds of anger. There are breezes of joy. There are ripples of uncertainty. Whatever we think, it ripples upon the lake. So a wise person is attentive to the lake reflecting the sky and the deep aspiration to walk as an awakened being and to be in joyful relationship. Joyful relationships supporting the arising wisdom and skill in one another. So it is the old paradigm of competition falls away as we see just how joyous is the dance of cooperation and the orchestra that is in tune, the voices that are of mutual respect, generate a song of accomplishment. So we see the changing paradigm and culture around the planet where there are all ideas of sectarianism, their confused state and the harmful results are expressed clearly and more loudly is the song of awakening. More loudly do we hear the voice of transformation and it begins with each of us. So the first circle of resonant cooperation is the resonance with the deep seat of wisdom within family, clan, co-workers, understanding that you are connected. So before these teachings, I contemplate and meditate how we will connect. And I feel in my heart the waves of our potential conversations and the recognition that we are dancing in the field of life together. And in my belly, I consider what are the issues, and I sense the issues that many people are working with, uh, the gut reaction, so to speak, to appearances arising. And in the wisdom I, I see clearly the transmutation of this dance of dissonance into accomplishment of serenity and cooperation. So when I think of cooperation, it is an invitation. I invite those of like mind to resonate with our heart song. And with my inner voice, I acknowledge that we, as human beings, are shapers of the dream. And I acknowledge that ability in each person. And with my inner eye, I envision the how of our working together. And so as I envision the how of working together, the belly can recognize the residue of uh, dissatisfaction or harm that people have experienced with one another. And so such appearances arising make clear the importance of forgiveness. 
What do we forgive ourselves and others for what might have been, could have, should have been? And also, in the process of forgiving, we consider what is the ideal of communication and cooperation that will cause no harm. So first step is to link with the awareness of those who are walking with you, like mountain climbers. We are connected as we climb the heights. And those ropes that connect us are actually threads of speech and thought. And so we are weaving the rope out of love, wisdom, mutual respect, and recognition of each one's ability and accomplishing something together. So these five strands, so to speak, are also creative potentials. The energy of fires that build and break down. The most important transformation is that of uh, anger to compassion, that of hatred to compassion. And also we look at the mind and there may be Whirlpools of dissatisfaction, jealousy, um, not wishing to cooperate and build together. That dysfunction, allow it to settle into skillful activity. So whatever emotion one feels in the close circle also has its antidote present. And the greatest antidote is to be quietly aware without energizing the confusion as ultimately the ripples settle and it becomes clear why we are together. So generating resonant circles of cooperation are also built on the respect for the light of wisdom in each person. And why do we even consider forgiveness? We forgive ourselves and others because often we see another person, or some may see another person, as an obstacle. There are no obstacles in the other person, just a lack of cooperation. So swimming together in the lake of great wisdom, we ultimately choose to reach the shore. So these are picturesque words. What are the actual methods? Conceptualize what you wish. Feel it in your bones. See it in the air. What is the ideal you wish to accomplish? And how will it benefit the circle close to you and the rippling relationships farther away? Then, hear the inner voice, the connection of those who also share your aspiration. And in your heart's commitment to be awakened, compassionate, caring being, invite that you meet. 
and then see clearly what it is you choose to accomplish. On a, a simple level, you can think of a task. So some people have recognized that when we energize sacred spaces, whether it is in the office, in a city, or in the country, we are energizing the sense of sacredness within and also transforming the forgetfulness of our interconnection. So say, for example, you would like to energize a sacred space, perhaps building a labyrinth or a, a fireplace where people can sit around in a circle and contemplate the dance of the light. So consider the people meeting there. See it as it is done. A labyrinth is built. People are walking through the labyrinth. Understanding is revealed. There is joy in the cooperation and the accomplishment. So energizing that vision with the invitation through your heart's resonance that other beings may also recall that natural wisdom. Dance of life, the music of life, it is what connects us. Ripples in the field, resonant circles of cooperation, it is our voice invitation. So first circle, family, and self. Who is this thing I call I? Uh, certainly a bubble arising momentarily in the curl of the wave and still one with that vast sea of understanding. Who is the, who are they? What is it that I call them? They are also bubbles arising in the wave and we are connected. And the everyday perspective, each person we meet is a reflection of opportunity and wisdom for us to accomplish and perceive. So family, making peace important, accepting people as they are, recognizing what they can do, what they are able to do, and most importantly, being in charge of one's own mind so as not reacting to the things we think we want from others. Instead, we recognize what we ourselves are creating. Human body, precious human body, how wonderful. We, through a song of resonance, find our way to certain communities in which to live, to certain places on the land. How are we sustained by the energy of place? The energy of a sacred place nurtures our physical body and also nurtures our mind that we may be renewed by the cascading waves of grace, rainbow light, negative ions coming from the waterfall, the fresh air of the tree. And this relationship, this resonant song, is literally through the belly. So relaxing, 
allowing the mind to settle, allowing the heart's expression to be revealed, and settling into the belly and accepting the gift of life that recreates in each and every moment this body-mind that one considers one's own self. So breathing deeply, inhaling, expanding the belly, exhaling completely, inhaling, exhaling. How wonderful the support of life. Like the umbilicus cord that nurtured us in our mother's womb, also we are nurtured through the belly by the earth and the sky. The earth reminds us of the dual wisdom within and also of our opportunity in physical form to explore the luminous potential of subtle realms. It is said that it is in the human body that one may become fully awakened. So having the gift of the human body, which we know is miraculously achieved, we also recognize the five organ systems and five qualities of mind. And so the fire that builds digestion and also the energy of the heart circulation, the air, the power to speak, to generate a song, the sweet waters of remembrance that reveal the open sky, and all of this arising from space. And organ systems sustained by songs, their own rhythm when healthy, disturbed when withholding love for the opportunity of being present in the now, generating resonant circles of cooperation, recognizing the circle of breath and the importance of those with whom you are in association because it is through a song, a tune, that we each find ourselves and call ourselves to generating a great song. What is the great song, the great work? It is an illumined society, an awakened society. And where does it begin? It begins in the awakened heart of the individual, for surely, the society and the individual are one. So when there is dissatisfaction or uncertainty by the displays we see, wise practitioner looks within at their own thought and speech. How may I be contributing to waves of anger, them in us, and how may I contribute? to waves of cooperation. So one understands there is no outside. It is a dream, a projection, projected by all of us together. So who do we invite to sing with us? 
those who can sing in harmony, three point or three part or four part harmony, invite those who resonate with you. How do you know someone resonates with you? There is ease in conversation. Also, your body feels more relaxed when you are in the presence of people of good heart and like mind. So you have the means to recognize those who are part of your circle. You feel in your belly an ease in your heart, a recognition, and in your vision you sense a connection to dream and aspiration and also intellectual uh, collaboration arises from the shared studies that people have had over time and then accumulating in our meeting in the now to bring forth something beneficial. Like uh, we have an elders gathering where people come and each of the participants has great uh, wisdom. Even our um, renowned scientists and renowned educators and sacred beings. And we come together in a circle of mutual respect and the knowledge within everyone is enhanced. So circles of cooperation, it is our choice, our intention. Let it be to live as awakened beings, not to be dissuaded by the Mara's illusion of dissonance. We choose to energize compassion and skillful transformation of what is confused into wondrous activity, skillful, compassionate activity for the benefit of all. So this concludes the lecture part of this conversation. And now I wish to hear from you. And if there are questions, I shall respond to them and reflect to you the answers of wisdom that are within. Are you there? Yes, I am letting people know that you can ask your questions as venerable by either raising your hand with a star two on your keypad, or you can type in a question on the Q&A box online, and so star two on your keypad to type in a question, uh, to ask a question, raise a question with Venerable, and you can write in a question on the Q&A. I'm having a little difficulty with my signal right now. Okay. So um, let's see. Uh, we have a question from Molly. Oh, Molly's asking me to... Um, make an announcement at the end, which I will do. 
Venerable, you were talking about in terms of the most important transformation is anger and hatred to compassion. And for someone who uh, would like to be able to do this for themselves and to support others in the group that they're working with, how can we support others who we might be in a circle of cooperation with who seem to be stuck in anger or hatred? How can we help them without, without giving them a lecture but really holding this vision? Yes. The most resonant way of transforming and assisting is our own heart's radiation. And so someone gets a sense of, oh, this feeling of ease. What is it? Where does it come from? Is it outside, inside? What does it mean? So that's the first step, holding the heart of compassionate awareness within the company of others and as we think of others. And this is the most powerful medicine, as has been demonstrated even by educators when teachers were told students were the worst students, although they were actually the highest achieving level students. When the new teachers walked in holding that view, it actually caused uh, the positive student to uh, change. So it is very clear the thoughts and emotions that we radiate in a field make a difference. So there's no need to lecture when others are um, confused. It is to hold the heart of awareness that yes, you are able and yes, you are capable and see the vision of that accomplishment. For example, it's sort of like yo-yo dieting, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Um, So people have, uh, after retreat and uh, for even months, they find they're filled with joy. They're applying what they've learned. And then uh, there's like the rubber band effect where someone may snap back into an older behavior and that snapback is an indication of another layer of polishing. Mm -hmm. So the, the good friend holds one another in the heart of awakened accomplishment. And even when we see that yo-yo effect, we we know that they have recognized their elasticity and their compassionate potential, and they will again. Mm-hmm. So it's, it is good to energize the ideal and the steps of accomplishment, even when it appears that it has been lost. And and what do we learn from yo-yo dieting 
is that we can work very uh, energetically to lose weight if we have not energetically made a change in our lifestyle, it returns. And it is the same with thoughts, words, actions, behaviors. So as spiritual friends, as uh, family members, we see that, oh, they have tasted it, and may they taste it again. Um, wise to not uh, get caught in the retrograde appearance. Is clear? Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, Kim has a question that's uh, of a, a similar nature. Uh, Kim writes in, how do I work with repeated patterns of trauma that are lodged in the body and result in an expression of anger with my partner. I'm unable to be present during these moments. Thank you for your guidance. Yes, when there are echoes of the past, they are messages that have not been fully integrated. Uh, when people have experienced trauma, there are literally packets of information, scars, so to speak, stored within the body that can be uh, cheated by similar situations or apparently non-relatable situations. And so there are certain levels of breathing and body work and uh, a support system that can be assistive. So there are methods like rolfing. And there is an old Cherokee method of massage and uh, what was called scratching to open the hidden pocket of information so that it is not unconscious and that stalled energy is then freed and transformed. It's freed into one's conscious mind and activity for accomplishment. And also um, the muscles uh, may relax because body-mind does remember. Actually, it is the water in the body that also holds the memory and stores it in particular parts of the body. So um, many have fasted and gone on uh, special diets to uh, facilitate a conversation with those pockets of information. And the real change is recognizing the emptiness of those uh, stored pockets. What does that mean? Someone who has experienced trauma and this time now creates safe space. In the creation of safe space, it is not about reaction. It is the recognition that where you are is a sacred place and it cannot be disturbed by another. And you have created permeable membranes of clear conversation. So if you have a friend who um, doesn't want you 
to say, and it's unkind to say, oh, you're doing that again, or oh, you're dumb, or you're doing this or that to me. The wise person understands, oh, I am responding to this or that, and how shall I change my response? So the energy of anger is about communication, wanting to communicate. How can I clearly state what I have to share and what I wish to uh, participate in? So we call this uh, a permeable membrane. And sometimes the experiences of the past, the conditioning of uh, cultural and familial conditioning, uh, leave one's pores open to toxic emotions, generation of and reception of. So one practices giving uh, kind thoughts and love to oneself. And so one way in the Aniyunriwa tradition is when someone experiences a broken heart and or anger because sometimes the physical result on the body can be the same, they would be given the uh, a certain stone to hold, um, a round stone, and to just give themselves love from one hand to the other. And also uh, to make a uh, oil effusion, diffused within oil, sesame oil, uh, or corn oil, sesame is better these days, yellow flowers. And in the morning after making your your prayer for the day, to pour some of this yellow flower infused oil into your uh, one palm and then rub it into the other. And this actually softens the adhesions of thought forms. And what you're doing is I give myself the joy of life. I receive the joy of life. I acknowledge the gift of life. I am grateful. And uh, putting uh, one hand above the other. So first right over left, then left over right, right over left, left over right, for three to seven times. And this is an old method of helping people uh, transmute the, the poisons of sorrow and to soften the grasp in the body's uh, energy pathways of such thought forms. So I suggest when experiencing anger or reaction uh, that you recognize based on the past, then consider each day and each night um, massaging your hands with yellow flower-infused oil and giving thanks. And these things, I give joy, I receive joy. 
I appreciate the gift of life and I am appreciative of others' life. I have kind relationships. I energize joyful relationships. And so it's a process and you have the capacity, we all have the capacity to take off the cloak of hypnotic view or reactive situation because trauma is real and to put on a cloak of the Wonder Woman. Venerable, can I just ask you a couple of questions about the infusion because I, I feel like people might have them. Does it matter what kind of a yellow flower? Well, daylilies are wonderful, and mm. marigolds are cooling when there is um, hidden anger. Utilizing marigolds in the flower effusion is very helpful. And also St. John's wort, when there's deep sorrow in the mind, carried as an echo of pain um, and perhaps even a belief that one deserves to be harmed as no one does. That is a wrong, uh, deliberately placed thought form by harmful people. Then the flower St. John's wort is indicated. And how long do we infuse the um, flowers in the oil before we... we before using it, well, we would collect the flowers just before the new moon and allow them to sit uh, until three days before the full moon in a, and sit in a dark um, place and uh, colored bottles. And so some of the colored glass that would be utilized when the wounding was so deep as affecting the nervous system, then this mixture would be placed in blue bottles. When the, um, the healing is called for in terms of thinking, experiencing relationship, then green bottles, and then others just the clear bottles. All right. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, that's old Cherokee medicine. Mm-hmm. So for folks who are listening and would like to ask a question of Venerable, if you're on the phone or you're calling on the web call or you're calling on Skype, start to on your keypad to be able to ask a question. And raise your hand, star two on your keypad. And again, people can write in a question at any time.
I, I have a question that uh, is slightly related that I've been wishing to ask you for a long time, Venerable, and that is in some circles they talk about the ring path knot. And is that the same thing as the rainbow Taurus ring? No, the ring, well, I think there may be many definitions of what it means, the ring path knot. In in terms of the systems that I've studied, experienced, grown up with, the ring path knot refers to a, a layer of mind energy that is not to be passed until one has clarified uh, their emotions and mind and even belief system. Mm. Because uh, if one has not uh, done the inner work of making peace with family clan or in the process of it, land relationships, then that ring can uh, one passes into um, a very frightening realm. All of their fears and unresolved issues become very magnified uh, in in that area until such time as one has begun to look at uh, and transform some of their um, beliefs behaviors, uh, thoughts. Um, And so forgiveness and also aspiration and calling upon that awakened ideal are very important in the process. So in the understanding, um, I'll give an example. I run as a child, my mother took my medicine bag from me that was given to me by my paternal grandfather. And um, I was very upset. Before she could take it, I ate what was in it, tried to eat the bag, because I knew she was going to do that. And I was um, exploring the universe, and my grandfather, who was living far away came to me and said, oh, you mustn't do that by yourself, nor should you travel in that way without someone with you. And so that was my uh, first conscious understanding of a ring path knot, that actions motivated by fear or anger have a um, an anchor effect or magnetize one in a reactive state. And so that reactive place built on um, unawakened re, uh, response emotions is what we would call the area not to go into. Oh, thank you so much, Venerable. And uh, we do have some people raising their hands. Uh, I'd just like to apologize. I uh, had an issue uh, 
refreshing the browser, and now I can see them. So we have Goodney in Iceland raising their hand here. Go ahead. Hello. Thank you for the seminar. Uh, this was uh, interesting about uh, about the anger or feelings, emotions that can rise up by by what got me. I don't know if it's right. Is by teaching or by students, and uh, the question is maybe um, if a student is uh, translating a teaching in another language and make a long short story long or make own issue in, and there is a motion of anger that hits the teacher. And the back student is in in a seminar is really sensitive feeling. Um, how how uh, can we stop to be uh, not to be unrespectful, not to take over? It's like it, can it can it be damaging for the teacher to feel the student is taking over? But it's a complex question. And so when someone is teaching, they generally make prayers beforehand that there is a field of clear understanding. Also, we know that as one is teaching, there are uh, illuminated uh, shadow places in the mind that are waiting to be illuminated. And so when there is the incidence of translation and perhaps projection difficulties, uh, think of the words, the essence, as best as one can. And the most clear communication is that of heart to heart. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I can feel, feel this both. This is a wonderful to sit uh, without judgment and with as a student and without uh, to to listening to you. It's so wonderful to not to feel this uh, judgment, even though you're not perfect. And again and again to be able to go to the okay. Oh, uh, this is the to so I, there was a discussion at my home. Uh, uh, about the family issue, or if you are working with semi, what comes first, the family or or hosting the seminar or helping? Uh, if there is a time differences or if there is a, if there is a yeah distance or what comes first is your family. And it is better not to hold seminars in the family home unless all family agree to it. Yeah. Yes. That was one awkward. I was very aware of it was a great time. I but this issue is that I need to learn boundary for myself. 
to to learn not to talk too much mm-hmm. and uh, there was some stu- is it always some studying for 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 you as a teacher uh, from all the group or are only the students getting uh, learning from you oh it is reciprocal it is a circle of communication I learn how people feel, and I also uh, recognize how people uh, perceive and interpret words. Some of the experiences that many have, I choose not to have because I make a commitment to sort of keep my mind in a certain way, which is on the bodhisattva path. So. Um, it definitely is a, a a circle of communication. So I'm aware when methods are in need of change, when the message is not being understood, and so it brings me different uh, analogies, so to speak. So perhaps it is more easily understood what is the message of that particular teaching. And then there are some teachings that are so deep that uh, wherever I go, they are the same, yet they are heard according to the nature of the participants. Thank you. You're welcome. And we have Rachel raising her hand here. Rachel, go ahead. Hello, Venerable. It's always lovely to hear your voice. And thank Hello, you for the Rachel. Thank you. Um, I have a question that relates to something you said in an earlier call that has stayed in my mind. And it came up the other day when I was uh, driving my car on the windy country roads here in Virginia. And I got behind a car that had a bumper sticker that said, I hate the lib, L-I-B, bull, B-U-L-L, media. I hate the lib, bull, media, meaning I hate the liberal media. Yeah. And one of the things I've been thinking about a lot because of all of the uh, arising of conflict and hatred in so many places, um, you know, especially more recently, more overtly, um, and dramatically in our country, um, and particularly in the divide between, you know, the so-called Democrats and Republicans. And you said something uh, that went like this. The grandmothers, the wise grandmothers, um, have learned to no longer be political. They are no longer political. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I was raised in a very staunchly liberal democratic family. Um, and so, you know, in a way, I'm kind of hardwired to think of myself as liberal. And yet, yeah. when I saw this first 
I recognized the arising of conflict in my field, in my mind and my feelings, and recognized as well that the association with liberal or conservative is is um, a kind of illusion that because they're you know in the fabric of society in the fabric of the world now there's so so many um, mis you know disinformation untruths I mean it's it's everywhere and everything whether you're liberal or conservative and so the question really is, is that, you know, what does it really mean for the wise grandmothers to become apolitical? And how how do we energize that in our actions so that we continue to stand up against, to speak out against injustice and unfairness, and to speak out on behalf of um, good relationships with the land, with the waters, um, and with other human beings and with the animals? By recognizing that we're all relatives and that the divisive energy succeeds when we are reactive. When we meet each person as uh, another traveler on the road towards understanding whatever their behavior, which is often a contrived hook to perpetuate an illusion of them in us, wise practitioner sees, oh, another human being, do we converse or are we just politely passing by? And so in terms of right action, where do we put our life force? Where do we put our time? We put our time into those circles that are remediating confusion, those circles of accomplishment that are educating without dividing. Like it's kind of strange, people don't even want to listen to each other anymore. Um, whereas in the past, different opinions were um, not tolerated, just understood. And so the the reactive meter is running very high, and there are keywords that the Maras are using to further separate people. And it is actually all part of one system to disempower all. Right. So the. Um so the right action is to see through the, so for instance, um, yeah, I have noticed the polarization and the fear of speaking with one another. Um, and, um, and recognizing even the fear that lives within me. And so, uh, the work then is to, um, it, it feels like the work is, as you said earlier, is to soften and to soften into a place of forgiveness, yes, for oneself first, and, and then to work with recognizing that uh, that we need to soften in general towards one another and recognize that we are each caught in the illusion. Um, in our 
And also, I would add to that, I would energize those circles of clear mutual respect and understanding. And I would energize those uh, situations which are awakening and showing collaboration between uh, different views. Uh, mm -hmm. the, the reactive divisiveness is intentional. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let us not be distracted from the realization that we are all breathing the same air. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's politically contrived. And people are getting very energized on the the bounce of it. And what they don't understand is that they are being, uh, everyone's manipulated when they mm -hmm. are caught in the reactive state. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there right. are many ways in which people do uh, make corrections. Uh, I was listening to, I think it was NPR, and there was talk about during the times in, um, I think it was Alabama, where Martin Luther King came to um, change the Jim Crow laws in the state, which began by where people sat on a bus, or, you know, it was another explanation of separation. You sit here. And how people came together and created their own bus, their own transportation system. So you build the world you want with compassion and skillful action that is not reactive. Mm -hmm. So that stood out in my um, my ear. Oh, that's how people work together nonviolently. Hmm. They built something cooperative. Mm -hmm. So let us energize the circles and the world that we want, and it does begin quite locally. Mm -hmm. So sometimes people think, oh, I'll keep doing business with them even though they're rude. Um, I think not. Why feed a negative thought form? Mm -hmm. It's like applying the antidote or giving the uh, the medicine of the antidote. Yes. Yes. Right. Why stir up the poison when you can immediately bring the medicine of resolution? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so the some people are asking for safe places, and it's become sort of a, another word of separation. And uh, a safe place is in one's heart, and it is not determined by others. It is by the state of our mind's understanding.
And so I see so many words being politicized. It's pretty amazing. And, and politics is about argument. And humanity is about living and recognizing that there is enough for all. This concept of uh, not enough and someone's going to get it all is basically another structured divisiveness. Mm -hmm. And so the circles of cooperation are important, like the the gardeners, the farmers' markets, the locals who grow food and milk, rather than continue an argument with an outside system, people decided to have their own chickens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, and then instead of engaging in argumentation, you then engage in activating, actualizing the positive solution. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And then that field can grow over time. It does. And that's the essence of generating a resonant field of compassionate action accomplishment. Mm -hmm. It's very practical. Yes. Do not be distracted by the theoretical divisiveness. Recognize the ways we are entwined and build together. Wonderful. Thank you, Venerable. Thank you very much. You're welcome. And we have Molly raising her hand here now. Go ahead, Molly. Hello, Venerable. Hello, Molly. Hello to everyone on the line. Um, I'm just really feeling appreciative and grateful for these explorations and just the deepening of our conversations. Um, I also wanted to share uh, just an experience from the last class around what you were teaching around seeing uh, someone who we may have uh, apparent conflict or dissonance with and to really view them as a mirror of opportunity. That phrase just stuck with me and uh, I've been, I had been practicing this for the past month since the last class with a particular family member who there have been has been dissonance with in the past and uh, a few days ago uh, so I've just been focusing not on not reacting and just really seeing them deeply as my mirror of opportunity and um, the other day you know uh, this person just uh, came to me with very open heart and just this softening and this literal like um, offering of forgiveness and reconciliation and peace um, reflected to her through her church and it was just a really 
it was kind of like a aha moment because I haven't been really doing anything different outwardly. It was just an inward view of this person. And so I just wanted to share that. Um, just, just that it really works and just, uh, that I was just appreciative of also the sharing that happened in the last class because it just something opened up for me there. And, um, I guess my question too that's arising from this conversation is, would you please speak more about, um, trauma that has happened in childhood? Um, at times it can freeze one or, in at that a certain age, but also there's a can be an awakening happening. Um, I'm just I guess my question is, as you as one explores further, do different pockets of information and realization can they arise at different points in your life, and also just any insight or feedback you have around that? Yes. Actually, the information can unwind uh, in cycles uh, during a person's life, and it is the greatest amount of information is often expressed when people are, uh, let's say, in their between their 40s and their 60s, where they're pretty much in charge of their own lives, and so it is now safe to read the book of experiential memories. And uh, trauma can be seen as a, a personal, your one's own physical experience, and there's also the trauma that comes through uh, sexism, um, racism. There are many layers of uh, wounding to, or let's just say, cloaking of the natural wisdom state in awareness. And so the wise practitioner in observing their own body-mind in the simple beginning meditation where one sits and observes the sky and their breath, actually becoming familiar with the flow of breath within the body and finding any places where the flow is not as free, is an indication of information waiting to be retrieved. And that information uh, through the, the idea to be an awakened being also becomes an offering that others may also be free of such unknowing or dissonance. And so as one unwraps that packet of information, there is a certain relief and the wisdom potential of the situation is then revealed. So even when they're, like when someone has a, been in a car accident, and uh, you felt someone was intentionally driving recklessly uh, with an intention to cause harm. So the car accident, one is jolted out of their body, there may be something broken. There's also a part of one's uh, mind consciousness that may be left at the scene. 
and stored within the scars of that accident is the information of all participants' uh, experience during the moment of the crash. And so at some point, one resolves to soften the scar tissue through rolfing, breathing exercises, or some other method. And in the process of softening the adhesions of information waiting to be released, when one experiences the ache and makes it as an offering that others may be safe from such a situation, there is the release of energy of accomplishment. I'm simplifying, and I think you'll get the bridge work, the net of reintegration. Is it clear? Yes, thank you very much, Venerable. You're welcome. Venerable, we have a few questions written in here. Yeah. The first one, it doesn't say who it's from. It says, Dear Venerable, in relationship with an adult child who's struggling to find their way in the world and is still financially dependent on the parent, what is the best way to be there for them as a compassionate support while also encouraging them to be independent? The challenge seems to be one of inconsistency in staying firm on my own boundaries and not getting entangled yet again in a long-standing multi-generational pattern of codependency. Thank you for your wisdom as always. Yeah, that is a very important question in these times because this is a generation uh, that generally has less access than previous generations. So there are lots of changes and opportunities for uh, parents and children. So the first step is acknowledging the value that has been offered and the skill sets that are within to create one's own accomplishment, that is the next generation's accomplishment. So. What are the skill sets? How do we say no? Uh, basically, the no is you can do it, and here are the ways you can do it. And the expectation has indeed changed. And so the accomplishment now is often through circles and small businesses of cooperation. So to point that out to the next generation, that uh, it is about creating businesses because the old idea of a job, it doesn't, there are less and less. The system changes and robots will be doing many things. And what is valuable is people's creative insight and energy. And so encourage the changing of the view and also the parent, let me see what you are doing, 
how wonderful. Um, and saying, okay, that is the boundary. So teaching budgeting, although if you have nothing, someone says, well, what does budgeting do? It shows you what you can generate. And also, you show people the value of what they are receiving. So they recognize uh, another way of evaluating and acknowledging the ability to generate abundance. So it, it is a, an interesting time because people in their 60s and 70s are part of an ending cycle where many actually had a retirement, whether it will be curtailed or not, time will tell. And the present, uh, let's say, people in their 20s, 30s uh, are in a situation that is different, where it is either high-tech or it is creative. So we are in a, a different time. Uh, and so setting boundaries are really about establishing opportunities, these things you can do. And what is uh, the, the result? What is the benefit for the whole family? Because when we look back two or three generations, multi-generations lived together, and it was in the 50s that it became um, a thing uh, for uh, you turn 18, you move out, and that's that, and your grandparents would go to an old age home, and that's that, and prior to that, there was a sense of generations living together or at least nearby, like circles of homes or homes uh, very close to each other. So it is a different paradigm. And energize creative manifestation. And it may be something that needs to be learned. Uh, say no to new cars and this and that and say, yes, oh, you are expanding that idea. You see a possibility. Yeah, it is a, a new time, and what is occurring within families is also uh, becoming a cultural paradigm change, where as we see the access to growing wealth uh, becoming uh, a smaller circle, then it becomes clear the real wealth is the circle of creation that is not feeding what takes away, but is feeding what energizes um, family, clan, neighborhood, the local growth. Is that helpful, or was I meandering? <laughs> no, it feels very helpful, venerable. And we have a question here from Zoe. 
who writes, I come from a family of two halves. My mother's side is oft sweet and noble, but my father's side, aggressive, volatile, and dishonorable. I notice this anger being passed down the male generations in my family. My older brother was someone I loved, respected, and admired hugely when I was young, but into adulthood this changed. I received a lot of harsh judgment and anger from him over the last couple of decades. We now do not speak. Can I heal this relationship in my own heart and mind, or to be truly healed, does it require us to meet and be a part of each other's lives again? The healing occurs in your own heart and mind. You are aware of change. Whether he is or not is his choice. Your response and how you perceive uh, healing is within you. Beautiful. Thank you. And we have Ava writing in. She writes, Dear Venerable, I realized a pattern that I follow. I give too much of myself, and then I'm angry that people do not appreciate it. I commit to things hastily and then feel bad, and I feel angry with the people I committed for, as if they were supposed to be aware of my effort and sacrifice and appreciate me and feel grateful to me. I would like to change this pattern. I feel that that would give... Give you, you can change. You can and you will change this pattern. And it begins first with uh, scheduling your life force and time before someone else does. And so you realize the first thing uh, the care of your body, your spiritual practice, and uh, the the sanctity of your space, caring for that. When we do activity because we want people to love us, then it is not generous. The hook can be an anchor to sink. So choose carefully what projects are truly energizing and awakening your deeper level of understanding. It is more loving to say, oh, uh, no, than it is to uh, attempt to respond and be there for everyone. Are you there for the wisdom being, the seed growing within you? That is first priority. Thank you. Thank you so much. We have two people raising their hands. So we're over time here, so I'm going to ask that people be quite brief. Uh, and so we're going to start with uh, Felicia here. Go ahead, Felicia. Hi, Jennifer and Venerable. Um, my question is about the breathing technique you mentioned. What type breathing? Is it specific? In the initial stage, it is mindful breathing, where you inhale completely, filling your lower abdomen through your nostrils, and then as you exhale, you slowly contract your lower abdomen and even your uh, lower lungs, 
before inhaling again and repeating the process. And so it is just a simple mindfulness of your breath and an inner observation of how the breath flows through you. And should you sense uh, any, uh, how can I say, constriction, you allow your breath to dissolve and reveal what message is there. Okay. Thank you. That's helpful. You're welcome. And the last question we have is from Shan. Hi, Venerable. Hi, Jennifer. So grateful for this wonderful conversation. Um, the question I have is about resonance circles and the awakening process. Um, I was wondering if you could, I, I know you want to keep this brief, so uh, anyway, that was my question, if you would speak about that. Many people upon the planet are awakening to the power of compassionate thought to achieve certain results. And many are seeing the duplicitous methods of dissuasion and disruption. So the awakening is to understand that appearances are projections and to energize that which we speak, do, and are is of uh, an awakened being. So like a tuning fork or a guitar and a piano more accurately, when the practitioner is aware of the bodhisattva potential in each being, and is uh, maintaining the inner code of right relationship, of right action, like a bell ringing in the empty sky. It uh, lifts the heart and mind of others, both nearby and afar. Mm. Beautiful. Thank you. You're welcome. And Venerable, as we're closing here, I'd like to bring up that you have your mentor program and also the elders gathering that's coming up. Uh, the elders gathering at the Peace Village, the Sunray Meditation Society hosts. Uh, if you would say a few words about that for people. Yes. The, this year's elders gathering is about community building. And community building is recognizing the connections that we have in intention, uh, accomplishment, dedication. So it, uh, communities are aligned around thought forms, uh, the thought form of awakened, transformative activity and seeing things as they are. And so we will have words from uh, very accomplished uh, people who have applied certain spiritual methods to their lives, knowing that spiritual and practical are 
not separate, but one may walk in the world with uh, compassion and also be skillful in terms of accomplishment. So we have scientists to visit and to actually uh, see the connection of mind expressed in the stars and within black holes. And uh, some consider the sacred space as a amplifier of the wisdom potential within ourselves. And some understand that through the ley lines of the earth, just as energy flows through our body's circulatory system, we can also share information and energize um, awakened, skillful activity. So uh, this year's Elders Gathering, we will also have um, from the Six Nations community, someone, a family who has kept the J Treaty uh, for oh, a couple hundred years, and uh, they will speak, and they will also have a grandmother from the Lakota Nation who will speak uh, about transformation and also about the deep levels of community that grow from good family clan relationships and how uh, our nations and families are interrelated and that we may energize the results we want by the care we share with one another. So this is happening during the last weekend in July and then the 25th and 26th before that last weekend we are having um, a fitting, a consecration of the White Tara statue. White Tara is a great being of compassion and uh, her prayers have uh, brought many floundering ships to shore and uh, as a symbol of uh, skillful, compassionate activity and as an ideal that many aspire to, uh, she will be ensconced in her place here at the Peace Village. So. The Elders' Gathering is an opportunity to see how different cultures are interconnected and that we needn't become something else. We just are here to be the best human being we can be, honoring that seed of wisdom within ourselves and others. Thank you, Venerable. And I would also like to speak about the mentoring program that you offer, that uh, information is going to be sent out this week via your newsletter for those who subscribe. And for those who are interested in learning more, you can email to uh, vdymentoring at beautywayproductions.com. That's vdymentoring at beautywayproductions.com. Uh, to receive more info and an application. Uh, I can absolutely give a testimonial of my own experience of being in the program 
uh, it's been so beneficial and so supportive to me in having more clarity, more uh, prosperity, and certainly feeling very, very supported in realizing my goals. So uh, I know that uh, other members of the program feel the same way I do, that it's just brought enormous benefit to them. So I encourage anyone who feels called to to look for that email if you haven't uh, if you're not on her email list to email vdymentoring at beautywayproductions.com. Would you like to say anything more about that, Venerable? Um, it's an opportunity for people who are teachers, guides, leaders to refine methods. Uh, to expressing the wisdom potential within each situation. It's very uh, personal. Some people uh, have particular projects that they are working on, and we basically bring those intentions to fruition. And uh, it is quite wondrous to see uh, such a a group of uh, accomplished people uh, accomplishing even more joyfully and skillfully and extending a circle of beneficial activities is quite wondrous. Indeed. So I dedicate the Meridurn to this conversation that the wisdom potential in every being flourish and grow, that all reach the shore, free from confusion. Wado, thank you, Jennifer, for facilitating this event and for the support team that makes it all possible. I thank each of you. Thank you, Venerable, for these beautiful teachings, and I'd like to offer the Long Life Prayer. Emanation of rainbow light, Dharma wisdom, three fires bright, guide upon the beauty road, calling all to see, Crystal reflection, boundless compassion, caller of four winds, wise grandparents, seven sisters. May your mission be accomplished. May we assist you in the light. May you receive many blessings and live a long good life. We thank you, Dahani Oahu, gift to the people, great mystery, great lady of the Buddha families who holds the secret Vajrayana, In the lotus grove of the teachings of the practice lineage, you are the glory of the Buddhist teachings and of sentient beings. Blessed of the Vajra Dakini, may your life, Dahani Oahu, ever remain firm and long. Wado. Until our next conversation, we communicate in the heart of direct perception. Bye for now.